DiscerningHearts.com, in cooperation with the Oblates of the Virgin Mary, presents Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. Father Gallagher is the author of many best-selling books on the theology and spirituality of St. Ignatius of Loyola. He holds the St. Ignatius Chair of Spiritual Formation at St. John Theological Seminary in Denver, Colorado. Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Welcome back, Father Gallagher. Thanks, Chris. And this time we move now to another aspect of a kind of struggle that we can have in the spiritual life. And um, the protagonist in uh, this particular point is the person I'm calling Beth. Beth has just moved to a new city. And she has just, with the help of one of her sisters, gotten installed in her apartment. And uh, she's a physical therapist. And uh, the following Monday, she's going to begin her work there. And so we have an email from Beth to her sister describing this. And then a week later, uh, Beth writes again to her sister. And she says that her first impressions of the clinic are positive. The setup looks good. And her initial contact with the staff uh, has been overall, she says, positive. And then she qualifies as overall because there's a Susan there with whom she's not sure that it's going to go so well. So that's the background. And then we have Beth also meeting uh, with Father Reed. And as she arrives, he can see uh, he, she comes, she meets with him after uh, her work day. So it'll be late afternoon when she meets with him. And he can see immediately that she looks tired and uh, discouraged. And it's no surprise to him that when she begins to speak, Beth talks about this. And um, when Father Reed invites her to speak about what's going on, and she says, it's uh, it's Susan. Um, she's rough and overbearing, at least I find her so. But it's her constant criticism of my work. She just never stops belittling me. And then she tells him that the preceding day she had her first meeting with an elderly man and she was doing what the therapist does. Uh, She was just getting a feel for uh, his situation and then to try to shape a program for him that would work well for him. So she had him on the treadmill at one point, just seeing how he was doing. And uh, Susan comes by from time to time and doesn't say anything, but Beth picks up her, her uh, critical attitude, um, you don't know what you're doing. You're not going to be able to help him. You won't find the right program for him. Uh, it really, really bothers me when she does this, and I start to get nervous. So then she says, this has been going on for a long time, or some months after she's begun there, and it wears on me. When I get home after a day like that, I try to pray, but I'm too discouraged. I wind up watching movies or reading the feed on Facebook getting emptier and more depressed all the time. Sometimes I call Maureen. I know it will turn into gossip and that will leave me empty too, but I do it because I feel alone. Some evenings I don't pray at all. And then she says, uh, to be honest, Father, when it's like this, I find it hard even to come here. It feels as though you're too kind to say it, but inside you're thinking, won't she ever get her act together? How long will I have to put up with this? All right. So obviously, um, Beth 
is struggling in her spiritual life. She's finding prayer difficult. And she's confused by the whole situation. She just doesn't know what to do about this. Wisely, she's not alone uh, with this situation. So Father Reed invites her to speak uh, a little bit about her relationship with Susan. Have you found anything that helps you with that? Nothing that really helps. I've often wondered why her criticism hits me so hard. So now we're getting to the heart of it here. Why is it that Beth feels so defenseless and vulnerable and when she is criticized by Susan. Obviously, maybe Susan needs to change her behavior, but apparently it's touching something in Beth. I know that I'm a competent therapist, but when Susan or anyone like her attacks me in that way, I feel defenseless. She isn't, but that's the way she feels. It's as if there is already self-doubt in me, and she touches it in a way that hurts. Father, how do you pray when you're feeling so bad? What do you do? And it isn't just prayer. It affects everything. So Father Reed is picking up on the fact that there appears to be a place of emotional hurt in Beth. We don't know her preceding story, what happened as she was growing up, what her experiences were. But whatever has happened in her life, has, and she's a competent therapist and she knows that she is, but she feels defenseless uh, and unable to to bear it, really, when someone else criticizes her in the way that Susan does. So gently, Father Reed says, uh, have you ever talked with anyone about this? Um, No, uh, not really. It must be hard to carry it alone. Uh, Yes, it is. And it doesn't help that when I get home from work, I'm alone in the apartment. I don't want to do anything, and I just vegetate. And when I feel like this, often I don't sleep well either. So Mother Reed just gently suggests, would you ever consider just having a conversation or two with a good Catholic counselor? And um, Beth is open to the idea. And as they conclude uh, their conversation, Father Reed says, just think about it. Um, Just pray about it. And uh, also try to do healthy things when you're feeling this way. Things like exercising, calling a friend or a family member, or spending time on a project you enjoy. I can try, but it's not easy when I feel this way. And then one final counsel uh, Father Reed gives her, and really through Beth to all of us, when when your heart is in pain like this, don't be alone with it, in the sense that far from being uh, an obstacle for you to come to the Lord Jesus, it is precisely that area of pain that most of all he would want you to bring to him. And so he gives her this verse to just to consider, Matthew 8, uh, 11, 28, I believe it is. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. So Father Reed has said a number of things here. What we're looking at there is uh, in in John's case, as we saw earlier, it was physical energy. Here it's emotional energy, a depletion of emotional energy because of an area of woundedness and vulnerability in her. So it's obviously uh, having quite a, an effect on her life. You know, she just vegetates, she can't sleep well, uh, she doesn't have any energy for to reach out to others and for her life of prayer, she isolates and so forth. 
And uh, Father Reed recognizes that this is substantial enough so that it probably would be good to use some of the medical tools that are available. And so gently says, well, why not meet once or twice with a Catholic counselor? I've, I know I've said this at times to people in spiritual direction, um, a meeting or two with a, with a counselor, that doesn't seem so impossible to do. And one of the, the many good things um, that are happening today, sure, there are a lot of bad things, but one of the good things is, that's happening is that we feel increasingly free you know, to speak with a, a good Catholic counselor in this case, that there's no sense of stigma approach um, attached to that. On the contrary, now I'm getting away from Beth, but uh, over the years, when I see people in struggling like Beth who are open to it, my heart lifts because that's such a mature choice to make. That's the person who says, um, I'm struggling and I don't want to stay in this situation. I want to take the healthy steps that will allow me to grow. And there's a, as I say, there's a beautiful maturity in that. At the same time, Father Reed also proposes to her healthy, just natural remedies and a beautiful remedy in prayer. So try to be faithful to your exercise. Many times exercise is the key to resolving a, a lot of problems that appear to be spiritual and will become spiritual if we don't address them, but uh, really are um, human in, in origin like this. So uh, stay in touch with your family. Obviously, she's close to her sister. Call your sister. Um, spend time with a friend. Perform a service for someone in some way. Do something that you enjoy. And then on the spiritual level, bring it to Jesus. This is, uh, you know, after um, extensive reading in St. Therese of the Child Jesus, it finally dawned on me, it's so simple and so basic, but it's so almost revolutionary. We tend to think that our weakness, our struggles, in Beth's case, her discouragement, her prayer that's hit or miss, uh, just spending empty time on, on social media, calling a co-worker with whom she knows it's going to be gossip and criticism of the others and so on. We tend to think that these struggles create an obstacle for us to approach the Lord Jesus. And this is the whole discovery of Therese. No, it's precisely the weakness. It's precisely the poverty. It's precisely the suffering. It's precisely the not being able to do things well that most of all allows us to come to Jesus. Now, she uses metaphorical language, as we've seen in other settings, You know that I run to Jesus and his arms are my elevator that lift me up where I can't get on my own, but that there's there's a deep truth in all of that. So all of this is what Father Reed uh, says to Beth. And you can imagine that if she does these things, maybe she does meet with the counselor, she does reach out for humanly healthy things, and she brings this painful part of her heart to the Lord Jesus, that probably things are going to change. So that's the second struggle that we're looking at. Emotional uh, pain, discouragement, uh, depression, and so forth can make it hard to pray. And again, there's no spiritual problem there. There's no shame in uh, any of that, but there are remedies to use that can make all the difference. Yeah, when we keep in context you know, the our conversation that we're discussing the struggles in the spiritual life, that's, that's where this is addressing. When you have those kind of relationships or there is something that is touching 
us that causes us this inward pain, as it were, it's like a dull ache that kind of affects other things, that if it's blocking your ability to pray, uh, even turn to the Lord, that's when you need to turn potentially to other relationships, i.e., as you said, with maybe a counselor that can help you get through that, or with a, the, a good friend, and many other resources. There are people out there that are listening Father Gallagher, that are maybe in difficult relationships right there in their home. It's actually taking place, maybe it's between spouses or between parents and children. And then that's that too, if it's blocking your ability to pray, it's so important at least to begin conversations that might be able to lead you out of that. Does that make sense? Sure, yeah. No, not every emotional struggle requires counseling, you know, and so just that we cover the panorama of this, let's take another woman who's at work and has a difficult interchange with a a fellow worker who's critical of her contribution to a project. No, I think a healthy, natural human reaction to that is that's difficult, you know, and maybe a little sense of discouragement or, or grayness arises there. That's just normal. Um, in life, and we deal with those in healthy human and spiritual ways. But in uh, Beth, what we've done is we've described a case where it's more than that. You know, it's really impacting her life. It just strips all the energy from her. Uh, She just pulls away and isolates, even physically has trouble sleeping and so on. So there's a depth of pain there that uh, will benefit from speaking with a good Catholic counselor. But um, what underlies everything we've said thus far in the um, conversation about John and here with Beth, there's a fundamental theological principle, which is stated this way, that grace presupposes and perfects nature. Grace presupposes and perfects nature, which is to say that God's grace works in our humanity, our human nature and then raises it up to a new level. That's the perfecting of it. But it presupposes it so that whatever makes our humanity, whether physically or emotionally stronger, healthier, is expanding the space and the ease in which God's grace can enter and work within us. So that's really the principle that underlies um, the last conversation uh, and this. So that if Beth does this, Well, here's another image that uh, has often occurred to me. The eagle flies with two wings. One wing in that image is the use of human resources. So in in Beth's case, most likely counseling is going to be helpful. And then the other things we've mentioned, exercise, more time with friends, family, and so forth. And then the other wing is the spiritual resources. And so she speaks with Father Reed. Uh, She can get closer to the Eucharist. She can pray with scripture in the way that Father Reed is suggesting and so forth. And when maybe she joins a group in the parish, which uh, diminishes something, the sense of isolation, a lot of good things can come from that. When we're simultaneously using the helpful human means and the spiritual means, that's when the eagle flies. And by that metaphor, I mean that's when you see beautiful healing happen. So that's kind of what we've outlined in looking at Beth in this particular struggle. 
We'll return to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. Discerning Hearts provides content dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. To continue production of these podcasts, prayers, and more, go to discerninghearts.com and click the donate link found there or inside the free Discerning Hearts app to make your donation. Thanks and God bless. A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. We now return to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies, with Father Timothy Gallagher. In this, again, these two examples of what we might be struggling with, these are non-spiritual, it's non-spiritual desolation. And that's this, I just want to emphasize that because we are going to talk about in future conversations the nature of spiritual desolation. But in these cases, this is something that uh, can potentially be remedied by an action of our own will and setting ourselves in an understanding, being aware, understanding, take action, given the circumstances we might find ourselves in. Is that correct? Yes. So we can make healthy choices in dealing with these things. And and you're right, Chris, to use the language uh, that we've been using uh, for a long time now of spiritual and non-spiritual. By spiritual, we mean something on the level of our relationship with God, our life of faith, our spiritual life in that sense, God's grace, the enemy's discouraging lies, and so forth. And by non-spiritual, we, we just mean natural, human, uh, psychological. Um, but I'd say that the, there's a little bit of a blurring in terms of using the tools because even in, um, let's say, Beth does get counseling, you know, she's not going to do that apart from the Lord Jesus. You know, that um, it'll be in her prayer. She'll be asking the Lord's wisdom, the light of the Spirit, as she does this and so forth. So they are on different levels. Essentially, grace and nature are different levels of our humanity, but they're very, there's only one human person, you know, so that in practice, um, we live both of these levels. And there's always a certain overlap between them. Now, I'm going to 
present to you a possible a thing that may occur, and it's definitely not in all cases, and maybe in some very unique ones, but the possibility that when a soul will either go to a spiritual director or, say, a confessor, and they do make a recommendation that you go to a counselor, that, in essence, is not a rejection. Sometimes people might hear that and think that there is a, uh, well, there's something wrong with me, or I have to go uh, seek this out. And it's not that either the priest or the spiritual director doesn't care for you, but their primary role is to help you find out what that struggle is in the spiritual life, in your prayer life, and going to the the other who might be able to help you. In the other case, is just a, um, a part of the same, you know, I don't want to say organism, but it's the same type of relationship in essence. You, do you see where I'm trying to go with it? I'm being very awkward in this, but... Sure, um, sure. Well, awkward because you're being very sensitive to something there. Um, well, I'll share an experience of this, uh, which will really uh, outline my answer to it. I was provincial in our religious province, province of United States province, of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary for almost 10 years. And so I dealt with a lot of priests, a lot of seminarians, and of course I was doing retreat work and meeting a lot of people in a lot of different settings, spiritual direction as well. And as the years went by, it, it dawned on me that it's the person who is willing to say, I want to grow. I don't want things to stay the way they are. And for that reason, I'm willing to use the means that will help me to grow. That's the person um, whom I respect the most, for whom I have the greatest esteem. That's the person who is the truly mature person. All of us need to grow in various ways, but specifically speaking about counseling now, a person who has been hurt enough so that it would be helpful to have a professionally competent person with whom to talk this out and to work through it. That That's really a beautiful thing when you see it in a person, and it's so much richer than, um, you know, a, a kind of an isolated, I don't really uh, need help, you know. Now, I'll say, as I said earlier, not every emotional struggle requires counseling, obviously. Ups and downs, uh, emotional ups and downs are part of daily life. But when they're having the kind of impact, that, as we saw in Beth, for example, then that becomes um, something that's very helpful. So I, I would say, yeah, exactly the contrary. Um, if I've ever mentioned this to anyone, would you ever consider just maybe a conversation or two with a Catholic counselor? That is out of esteem and respect for the person who wants to grow. Exactly the opposite of any sense of... of uh, I don't know, diminished uh, regard for the person in some way uh, because the person is open to this kind of help. And then having said that, you see the fruits. You see the fruits, and that answers any of those questions. Life gets better, both humanly and spiritually. It really does. And it's it's one of those things that it's, it's a gift. It's um, allowing Christ to speak to you in so many um, different ways and to help in 
potentially in that emotional healing that might go down a little deeper. I, I know that sometimes we think that if we can go to spiritual direction and we unload a lot of things that have deeper roots, that a spiritual director that will maybe say you need to have some um, additional help potentially in helping you sort through this, that's a good and wise spiritual director. That's somebody who really um, does care for you on a, a very important level. Yes, a good spiritual director will never try to offer him or herself that kind of help uh, because that's not his competence, that's not her competence. That comp- Their competence is on the spiritual level. Um, but they will, when they see a need like Beth's, uh, maybe just raise the idea you know, for a person to consider. I just think uh, in the, the two examples that we've seen, it, they're so, um, it, it's so everyday, aren't they? I mean, it's something that it can affect all of us. Again, uh, just taking care of who we are as human beings, find that balance, that stability every day in our life. And uh, so it it doesn't, one side doesn't upend the other. Grace presupposes and perfects nature. We're just putting flesh on the on that same. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I touched upon just briefly, Father Gallagher. The um, again, what Beth was experiencing was something outside of her. You know, out of her home because she was single. As I said, there are those who are in relationships that this can, um, and a particular attitude can affect us as well. Um, maybe an attitude of a spouse or an attitude of a, a, a child or a parent. And that can, uh, on the emotional level, I mean, as far as our faith relationship, acknowledging that that can be something that can get in the way of our prayer life. And um, it's not necessarily a desolation, but it can be one of those things that puts a damper on um, our our struggle to be able to move forward in our spiritual journey. Well, I think what you're addressing, Chris, but it's closer to home now, you know, because it's in the home and ongoing relationships in a person's life. I think we come back to what we have Father Reed say to Beth. No, don't be alone with the discouragement and the vulnerability and the pain. In this case, now the ongoing relationship. You don't need to set that aside so that you can pray. What you do need to do, and what Jesus deeply longs for you to do, is to bring that very pain to him. He doesn't want you to be alone with it. He loves you. He knows what's in your heart. He wants to be with you in it. So that's the invitation, you know, in terms of prayer. Uh, Those struggles are not, they don't get in the way of our relationship with God. If we understand uh, what the Lord really wants from us, no, come to me, come to me, to me, come, all you who labor and are heavily burdened, and I will give you rest. But I say that kind of gently and sensitively in the sense that I think it takes our heart a while to really, really uh, believe that. And that, again, that's just the marvel of Therese, that she that this is so deeply at work. 
uh, in her spiritual life. It's precisely, as she'll say, you know, my littleness, my poverty, that gives me confidence. So that's the journey of prayer. Um, we can enunciate it, and uh, the invitation is there for everyone. And as you said, his grace presupposes our humanity and elevates it. We have to do our part. We have to do our part, at least in this particular area, to kind of assess, to be aware, understand, and to take action about our our own humanity. How, where are we in making that assessment if we begin to struggle, correct? Yes, as you say this, another uh, thing from Therese comes to mind when one of her sisters was just really discouraged, um, partly because she was comparing herself with Therese, you know, which probably was not an easy thing for a sister. But uh, Therese says to her that God never fails to give us that first grace that allows us to take the first step. And then when we take the first step, grace will be there for the next and the next and the next. But that's a, a truth that it's really a blessed to get a hold of, that we always have the grace. So it's not simply our courage or our will. It, we do need to exercise those. But it's it, there's a grace that's always there to take the first step. And then what we find out is that there's grace then for another and another and another. And it doesn't matter how small that first step appears to us. I have come to love small steps that maybe I would even be ashamed to tell anyone else about. I've come to love them. Um, maybe the best I can do is smile at a person I don't want to smile at, you know, um, because they, they they dramatically change things. Uh, we'll come to this a bit later. Instead of sinking into discouragement in small ways, depending on that grace that God never fails to give us for the first step, we take the first small step. And now things have changed because we're heading in a new direction. And grace will be there as we continue to walk in that way. That's beautiful. Thank you so much, Father Gallagher. Well, my privilege. You've been listening to Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher. To hear and or to download this conversation, along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it in the free Discerning Hearts app. You can also view the video of this presentation by visiting the Discerning Hearts YouTube channel. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission, which is to offer authentic and rock-solid spiritual formation freely to souls around the world. And if you feel us worthy, please consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Struggles in the Spiritual Life, Their Nature and Their Remedies with Father Timothy Gallagher.